Aloha, this is Jason from Hawaii. Welcome to a special edition of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast. In this episode, I interview one of Hawaii's artists, Casey Horimoto. Aloha, this is Jason from Hawaii. I'm here at Dragon's Lair on a nice, beautiful Sunday, July 22nd. I'm going to be interviewing a local artist named Casey Horimoto. Um, so just to let you guys know, again, we're here at Dragon's Lair, so there's going to be a lot of background noises that you guys will be hearing. So without any further ado, here is Casey Horimoto. Hey, guys. So Casey, can I ask, um, what social platforms can people um, reach you at? Um, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, mainly Tumblr, Facebook. It's all gonna just be under Casey Horimoto Art. All right. Um, let's see. I'm gonna be starting off with at least the first question is gonna be. I always do this street cred question. What was the first comic book you read? Well, I can't say the exact first one because it's been a while. But the most memorable one that I've ever read was uh, it was uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Okay. Was that? I'm gonna ask so. You- because since there's so, so many been so many volumes and reboots, you know, like, do you remember like when did you read that? And I'm not gonna ask you the volume, but do you remember when when you first read that comic? Jeez, it was years ago. I do remember the artist for that one though was Kenneth Rockefort. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I know he's still um in doing some stuff today. Um, do you remember what other comics books uh, comic books were you reading back then? Um, mainly a lot of the Jim Lee storylines. So one of my favorite stories um, is Hush. That one's like a number one for me. That one and Mad Love. Oh yeah, those cl- those are very classic ones. Yes. Okay. Also, too, I know because I looked up some background information on you, and I remember that um, it's mentioned that um, you used to watch um, the Teen Titans cartoon back in the early two thousands. What did you like about that series? It was very relatable while also holding this like fantasy element to it. To me at that age, um, I connected a lot with characters like Robin and with like uh, Raven. Um, it was just fun to see like a group of kids or teens, I guess, um, uh, accomplishing things that I wish I could do, but know that it's quite impossible. What with the lack of superpowers. <laughs> And then before I continue on the interview, I'm just going to be asking, are you watching the current Teen Titans Go um, cartoon series? I'll be honest, I'm not. Um, I was into the more serious undertones for the original Teen Titans, um, what with Deathstroke, or I guess Slade um, being the villain, and with all these complex relationships inside of it. Um, Teen Titans Go uh, is cute, and it's good for the young kids, but I don't feel it grasping me just as much as the older one was. Okay. All right. And then... Shameless plug here, Amazing Comic Con Aloha is coming down next month in August. Are you planning to see um, Tara Strong? Because I know she was one of the voice actresses on Teen Titans cartoon, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she was a uh, Raven, but um, I, I know her mostly for uh, her Harley Quinn uh, voice. Um, the Joker is my favorite character, um, in villain-wise for DC. And of course, you can't have the joke without Harley Quinn, especially uh, in the old Batman animated series. Um, definitely going to see her. I wanted to give her a drawing if I could because uh, she's so like uh she's such a big part of my uh childhood and like current day-to-day life <laughs> mm-hmm. oh yeah and then also too i'm gonna ask too that did you also watch um batman the animated series i know it came out in the 90s but did you watch any of the reruns religiously um i watched i think every single episode for that series is my favorite mark hamill is the best joker to me um, he captured it so well, and I know a lot of people say that, but um, having both Luke and Joker being like top ones for me, and then he, you know, it's the same guy, it's like the coolest thing. So that was probably the best, um, at least DC animated show mm-hmm. out, um, in my personal opinion. Yeah. I'm going to ask you, so what did you like about the Batman animated series overall? Um, the, the humor was really on point, and I... Um, I, I still remember, like, there was that one episode when the Joker's trying to pull up a heist and Batman doesn't show up, and he said that crime's got no punchline. Um, that was, like, my favorite thing. I carry it to this day. It was the funniest moment. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Now, since we're on the topic of Batman, now, like I said, I did some background informa- um, research on you. Um, Jason Todd was the character that sparked your interest in your comics. Do you remember the first Jason Todd story that you read? Yeah, it was that, uh, uh, it was going to be that, uh, the Red Hood and the Outlaws. Um, but then after that, you know, I looked into everything else, death of the family, death of the family. There was so many good storylines mm-hmm. with Jason. And 
I was I was a little sad that I never read his stuff beforehand. Um, that you know, Nightwing was like the main. Uh, Dick Grayson was the main Robin that I knew mm-hmm. because he seemed way more compelling, and I just loved his his motivation and his like his code. I guess mm-hmm. um, he just his his personality was one I could I could vibe with a lot more. Mm-hmm. And then um, let's see. Um, I know you said you read Death in the Family. Are you going to um, try to see if you could get um, another shameless plug for Amazing Hawaii Comic Con? Um, are you going to try to see Jim Starlin? Talk to him about that storyline. Definitely. I might embarrass myself completely with how much I'm gushing over it, but I do want to talk to him about it. I do want to give him some stuff, um, especially considering how much that's shaped my career. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's really nice. Um, regarding Jason Todd, what attracted you to, you know, his character it was all the struggles he's been through especially dying all that Mm -hmm. um but when he came back you know he yes he was like bitter but he kind of grew past that and i love his storyline from going to this kid on the streets to Mm -hmm. a a hero to some but still very imposing to many Mm -hmm. um he just had this like singular like he is part of the Bat family, but he's not. He keeps himself separate, and he does his own thing, and I love that. Oh, that's pretty cool. And also, too, a little bit more, um, um, like I said, the research. I know when you said that when... You, now, correct me if I'm wrong. When you're reading comics, that you seem to be more drawn to the villains. Now, kind of like, what attracted you to, like, the bad guys? <laughs> it was their whole backstory and the whole way they became who they were sometimes you know the lack thereof what with the joker i loved their whole like personality and like the the motivations were always different like mr freeze um his was like super compelling too um i just loved the fact that all this is happening you know they're doing their thing not all of the time they're bad guys Mm -hmm. but they always have this drive to them Mm -hmm. not saying that committing crime is a good one but the fact that they are willing to go so far for what they believe is really awesome to me yeah you know what i'm gonna say mr freeze is one of my um how do i say this one of the best villains i love because just his sad background story especially when Batman the animated series just fleshed that out. That was that was really sad. It made me super emotional, <laughs> I'll be really honest. No, I'm gonna say you're not the only one because I you know, I downloaded that episode and I have that episode because like I said, that's that's a very good and very powerful story. Yeah. Now I'm gonna ask, who has the best rogues gallery? Like I mean looking like at Batman, Flash, Spider Man, who do you think has the best rogues gallery? Batman to me. I think that's why I read a lot of the Batman comics and I'm, I'm super into it. It's not because of Batman himself, but because he's got such compelling villains and I love their character designs and they really put a lot of heart into it. Mm-hmm. The, I think they're number one and I do like Flash's villain second, I yeah. believe. Yes, that's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. Um, now, watching cartoons and reading comics, did it spark your interest to become an artist? It did. It really did. I wanted to do it since I was young. Between liking all these comic books and also being influenced by the Japanese more like manga and anime side, mm-hmm. um, I I knew from a young time that I wanted to be a storyteller of some sorts, and I did love to draw. You know, every day, elementary school, every mm-hmm. time I grew up on it, um, mm-hmm. and especially because I had a lot of um, influence from it. I think mainly my stepdad. He like. He was the first one to get me into comics. He bought me my first comics. He watched all the shows with me. Um, and I think that pushed me a lot to like love these characters, love these storylines, fall in love with the writers and artists and all the hard work put into it, and mm-hmm. I'd love to be a part of that. That's pretty nice. That's really nice. That really is. Um, you mentioned manga and anime. You know, um, you know, do you remember which like anime shows or mangas that you read? My uh, the the one I think people associate me with the most and the ones that I love are like uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and uh, uh, Fist of the North Star. A lot of these shows from the eighties. Mm-hmm. I'm really into the whole like like journey, like fighting, like really complex storylines. Um, and also, you know, growing up, I think in a time when it was coming to the Western world, when America was getting a lot more of these, you know, it influenced mm-hmm. me a lot growing up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then. I know you said since elementary you, you wanted to be like a story, some type of storyteller. So you know, I, I know this is going to be sound like a little bit of a redundant question, but you know, was this the dream career you've always wanted to pursue, like to be an artist? 
You know, it honestly wasn't. Um, really funny. The first thing that I was super into were, I think, as a lot of kids are, were like dinosaurs and stuff. Um, I wanted to be a paleontologist, actually, up until like the age of five, um, six. I could name every dinosaur. Um, it was kind of obsessive, but uh, I was really into it, and I thought, you know, this was super cool. I watched Jurassic Park, and it like blew my mind. Um, but then, like, as I was thinking about that, I got more into reading the comics and stuff, and I was like, wow, like, you could tell such stories with like these pictures and mm -hmm. it was it was the most amazing thing so i think ever since then uh, while i thought about changing careers i knew what i really wanted to do mm -hmm. oh, okay so in some sense it's kind of like mm, i'm it kind of sounds sort of similar to like walt simonson when he autographs his stuff it's in the shape of a pterodactyl or ryan stegman is more like a segosaurus sort of I, i'm not sure if they wanted to be paleontologists but it kind of gives that idea or sense of it kind of yeah i'd like to say i'm an amateur paleontologist <laughs> and an amateur um in uh, shark enthusiast yeah. i'd like to say those are my main things that i was into growing up and i'm still pretty into <laughs> i'm going to ask you a fun question so if you sign your if have you ever thought of signing your commissions like in some shape of a dinosaur or a shark <laughs> I, I honestly <laughs> thought about doing a shark um like the little shark and then put my initials inside um never did it yet but <laughs> there's always time there's always time to do that <laughs> <laughs> okay um i know you said you started drawing since middle was it elementary or middle school i'm elementary, sorry elementary elementary yeah. okay so okay so you so you um so you started in elementary school um did you take any art class or what was your how, how did you start training? What was your training background? You know, I've tried to take classes in school and this and that, but um, I'm, I'm self-taught. Um, okay. So I'll, the way I studied growing up um, was I would buy comics or I'd buy these books and stuff, and I'd study the way that they would draw it. And I think at first everyone starts with imitation, mm -hmm. and you build on top of that. So I would take a lot of like inspiration from Jim Lee. Jim mm -hmm. Lee is my number one favorite favorite artist mm -hmm. oh my goodness mm -hmm. i take uh, inspiration from him kenneth you know um all these uh edwin huang i would take all these guys who drew so nicely and i mm -hmm. would imitate the way they do lines imitate the way that they um they format the the uh, measurements to the body this and that and then i on top of that i would build i'd look at more like uh real life references mm -hmm. and i kind of apply everything all together until i got my own style mm-hmm okay now I know Jim Lee was here a couple years ago for the amazing Comic Con. Did you get a chance to meet with him and and talk to him for a little bit? You know, I did. I was so afraid that I wasn't able, to, wasn't going to be able to meet him because I had my booth as well. In fact, I had my booth in the back, so I would see him the mm -hmm. entire convention, but I never really got the chance to leave until the last day. Um, my friend had like covered for me, so I had, nice. I uh, luckily had it. My had the whole weekend. I had my uh, hush unwrapped comic hardcover mm -hmm. and i brought that and i brought this joker drawing i did for him i brought all of that and i told him and this is the same week that i graduated so i was a little tired mm -hmm. um graduated high school so i ran up to him and i told him i was like you know you are the the person who made me really want to do this um and I, I talked to him a little bit and i thought i was just going to get an autograph and that was going to be it then he starts to draw and i was like okay i don't know what's going mm -hmm. on and then he drew me a harley quinn and he said that my stuff looked really awesome and i should keep it up and that was like i i went back to my table and i started crying my friends were laughing mm -hmm. at me i was like oh my god i just met jim lee mm -hmm. and if i can meet him again you know within the next hopefully year or so i can show him how much i've improved and mm -hmm. just thank him once again mm -hmm. no that's really nice that's really nice that he took the time um, to talk to you and give you encouragement and that was really nice that he drew something for you that was really nice that's very nice um I, and you mentioned um, another artist that you look up to Kenneth is it Kenneth Rockefort yes it's Kenneth Rockefort yeah I'm gonna ask by any chance you know, besides Jim Lee have you met Kenneth Rockefort no I haven't okay. I don't think he does a lot of conventions I don't see him really showing up to a lot of those maybe San Diego but I've just kind of been in the background a big fan of him and like his and like following him in social media mm -hmm. and stuff um, I just like kind of just from the sidelines but if I got the chance to meet him I'd be totally stoked he's like the coolest he's, he's he mm -hmm. has this way of drawing fine lines, which is crazy, and uh, my brain just can't comprehend it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, I'm going to ask you, you know, when did you, like, professionally become an artist? 
I'd say, well, my first book that I published was when I was about 13. Um, I published a, a comic in an anthology, uh, and I didn't know how to do anything, you know. I did all my stuff by hand, so I didn't really know how to use the computer for my art. Um, but it was technically my first published story. Mm -hmm. But uh, other than that, I think after that, I started working very professionally in the field of, like, doing just doing the conventions, doing the commissions. Mm -hmm. And then I got the chance to release my comic, um, Bandit, just a, a little while ago. Mm -hmm. And... Um, ever since then, you know, the support has been really awesome, and I think I've improved so much from issue one, and I, I, I love that people recognize me now. It's, it's really cool here, but I'd, I'd love to expand on that and, mm -hmm. and move more to, like, uh, a professional career. Yeah, okay. And then, you know, um, how long have you been doing this, like, professionally? I know you said that you started, like, your professional career started at 13. So, like, how long have you been doing this? Um, I, well, I'm 19 now. Okay. <laughs> So I, I'd say technically um, about seven years mm -hmm. I've been doing yeah. um, comic stuff and getting myself out there. Um, I don't say I wouldn't say I'm, I was very good seven years ago, but that is where the motivation was highest. Mm -hmm. um, my high school was spent mainly that, um, mm -hmm. and you know, graduating. That's kind of important, but mm -hmm. um, it was mainly focusing on my career. I didn't really go out like everyone else because I really wanted to perfect my art, and mm -hmm. I really wanted to just kind of go out there and establish myself. Oh, okay. Um, um, because, um, because I one thing I think that's amazing that you you know published something at the age of 13 that's really incredible it, it no it is because like a lot of th especially me when i was 13 years old i had no idea what i wanted to do and um but the other thing is um when you published that first um story was it um self-publishing or was it with other local artists here it was with other local artists so the it, the anthology was called hachimaru hachi mm -hmm. and i think that book itself had like five of us doing stories in there oh, okay. um it was almost like a shonen jump-esque type of local publishing so that was my first experience with anything because i had gone to like they had a workshop and i had like just drawn some stuff on their board and they liked my stuff so mm -hmm. they wanted me to be a part of it um so that was like my first real experience of deadlines and having to go through the process. Mm -hmm. They basically were like, we'll give you the spot. You need to come up with your story mm -hmm. and do all your art and dialogue yourself. Mm -hmm. So at 13, you know, that's like asking to move a mountain. But I was <laughs> like, okay, we'll figure it out. We'll do it one step by one by step. And then just how do, how do the pros do it? Mm -hmm. So I researched a lot on how the process was. And I tried, I, you know, did the storyboard first. I typed everything mm -hmm. out, tried to do it uh, T for T. Looking at it now, I still didn't know what I was doing, mm -hmm. but the fact that um, all that effort was put into it, uh, I, I still am pretty proud. No, yeah, that's really, that's, like I said, that's really great. And I'm going to say um, that, I'm sorry, you mentioned, what, what was it, the Shoko? The oh, Shonen Jump. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm going to ask for the listeners that don't, and even me, like, what what is so growing up Shonen Jump, I think they're still still doing it too. But they were a publishing company for uh, Japanese manga um, for Hawaii, uh, for uh, sorry America. They have their company in Japan do, but that was basically how they outsourced. They had put a compilation of like ten or twelve different manga. You got every month a little bit of each. Um, mm -hmm. That way you can kind of keep up with the stories. Um, I still have some from like two thousand six, <laughs> but uh, I think Hachimaru Hachi was kind of based off of that, where you got to read like five six short stories mm -hmm. and then um you could wait for another anthology where you'd have the next story mm -hmm. i'm gonna ask so how how did you how did you link up with them or uh, yeah how did that process go i knew a couple of the people that were doing it uh from previously uh brady evans is one of them he is a fantastic local artist mm -hmm. but uh he was one of the main ones that was like can you come to this thing see you know if they if they like you and i was like oh yeah totally and i made some good friends through that mm -hmm. um but that was basically it. it felt I was it was very nerve wracking because I didn't know what they were looking for. They were all so much older than me. Mm -hmm. um, so I just brought it all to the table and I do you know, I gave them an example of my art and they liked it. Mm -hmm. So that kind of paved the way. <laughs> oh yeah, but I think what's kind of nice because because even at thir like I said, not only did you self publish at thirteen, or you know, or publish your work, but also to. It sounded like you already did some networking already with the local artists. So how did how, how did you go about doing that? If you don't mind me, if you want to talk about no, it. No, no problem. Um, 
Well, one of the main uh, ways was the first convention I did was not me doing it, it was just attending, and I had talked to some of the artists there, and I became really good friends with John Murakami mm -hmm. and Michael Cannon, um, two local artists, but they, they were basically the ones that were like, listen, we have this comic jam thing every other week, uh, every month on Sundays mm -hmm. at, at Pearl Ridge. If mm -hmm. you can come, uh, we'd love to have you. And at the time, I wasn't living on the side, so it was a lot harder for me to go, mm -hmm. but every time I would, I'd make some new friends, I'd meet more people, and... Um, after doing conventions, you know, I, I'd like to think I'm a pretty social person. Mm -hmm. um, I love to network. I love to talk to other artists. Mm -hmm. So doing those really helped me open up and yeah. kind of learn the business side and also the social side to everything. Yeah, that that's pretty good. Wow. I'm going to ask, so, um, you know, are they still continuing doing that meeting on Sundays or did they stop? No, they are. They're doing it every other Sunday at Pro Ridge. Um, I, I haven't gone in a long time, uh, mainly because I've been really busy nowadays. So um, I just focus on my uh, my deadlines and stuff. But I know they still do it. And a lot of uh, it's good for a lot of people looking for a community, especially on Oahu, mm -hmm. because um, you'll have um, people established there. You'll have pe anyone coming in just trying to draw and hang out with other artists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's pretty good. And um, to our listeners on the mainland, um, when we talk about Pearl Ridge, we're talking about the Pearl Ridge Shopping Center. It's on the west side of Oahu. So, uh, yeah, just to clarify that, too. Um, let's see. Um, I'm just trying to get back to my questions here. Um, do you remember, well, besides the self-publish, yeah, besides the self-publishing, when did you start um, deciding to, like, um, have a table at the local convention? Um, so the first convention I went, because for a long time, uh, Hawaii only had one convention. We had Kauai Con. Mm -hmm. And um, I went to, I went, the first one I went to, I think I was like 11. And I had so much fun, but I was like, I don't want to just keep walking around over here. I know I'm an artist too. I should try and do this. So after that, uh, the very next year, I was like, okay, got a table. And ever since then, I haven't stopped getting tables at the conventions. And more and more conventions came down. So I went from doing one a year to doing like three or four. And it was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but it was such a curb for me, especially because I realized the difference between Kauai Con is an anime convention ba mm -hmm. mainly and Comic-Con uh, Aloha is a comic convention. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't know how different the communities were until I did both. Mm -hmm. And I kind of realized I work with both communities mm -hmm. so it was really nice to go to one experience one thing and then go to the next and experience something completely different um, I'm gonna ask you a question you don't have to answer it but that first table that you got at the convention I'm gonna ask um, how, you know, did you raise the money for that did you save or I, I was that do you remember the process and if you don't want to talk about it that's fine no totally um I did save I, I think I thought I had saved everything but I feel like my grandma has like helped me out mm -hmm. without like you know really saying but I do chores every week so I'd save five dollars a week and I would try my best and be like yeah I want to do this want to do this so I'd save up all this money quote unquote but um I do think I had a lot of help when <laughs> looking back at it now there's no way I would have made that much money for a table but mm -hmm. I felt like I had done it all myself and i think that was what really pushed me to keep doing it after mm -hmm. that yeah yeah no that's pretty cool Th you know thank you very much for sharing and casey you know like i said i i i mean you you had a clear vision i think that's great no i i really do and, and i just want to say it because it's kind of like and then like like you said at age 11 you're going to kwaikon you're going i'm an artist you know i can do this i should be here i that you know that's that's a clear vision that that's really great I, I think that's really great oh thank you so much yeah you know I feel like everything's been leading up to a professional career in in this you know job line um, just it's been a big part of my life since I was young so I feel like uh, you know confidence is a main thing but also just the determination to be ten times better than you are right now mm-hmm Okay, and then um, your first convention. Do you remember? You know, do you remember selling your first commission during that convention? I'm, I'm sorry, you know. <laughs> it's been a long time. Um, 
I think my commissions were like fifteen dollars, <laughs> and they were not very nice. But um, I did them. I didn't even know the difference in like papers, and like I think I had just gotten my cop, my first Copic, um, like little pack. So I was like, yeah, I'll do this. It wasn't that great. I can, I'll be really honest. I don't think I had like the right stuff. I think I used printer paper. But fifteen dollars, it was kind of a steal now. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I I want to say one of the first commissions I ever did was from an anime. I think I did uh, a Dragon Ball drawing, oh, okay. um, which is really funny because that's a huge thing now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I think that was the first one. And since then, you know, the paper's gotten better. I've gotten legit, mm-hmm. you know, commission paper. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a Copic set that's 20 times bigger mm-hmm. than originally. I have the right pens. <laughs> um, and I think the level has increased a lot. No, but that's good. But 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 it shows that you've grown since that first convention. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, I'm going to ask, you know, um, how do you describe your art style um, to our listeners? Oh, geez. Um, that, you know, that's a question I keep asking myself, too, because I'm into both um, comic books. I'm into, like, manga and anime. A lot of people say I have one style. A lot of people say I have another. The main um, way I can maybe explain it is if you've read an Udon comic, okay. you notice that the art style is kind of a blend of the two. Oh, like, okay. the artists that they usually pick for that, uh, Edwin Huang, Long Vo, mm-hmm. um, those type of people. Um, I feel like my art style is very much in that realm. So, almost like the Mega Man of comic yeah. books where yeah, okay. it's kind of a blend of both mm-hmm. <laughs> okay um now correct me if i'm wrong i know you started to do convention you start to do conventions when you're 13 right um and then let's see how many you know currently now how many conventions do you do a year and we're just only and it's just locally right now yeah locally right now i'm i'm starting to slow down on the local conventions like this year i um I did KawaiiCon and I have two upcoming, so that's three. Mm-hmm. Usually I would do about four a year. Mm-hmm. Um, that was last year's quota, but um, I'm trying to stop doing a lot of the local conventions just because I want to start doing mainland ones. Mm-hmm. Um, just expand, you know, uh, start saving up and going. It's, it's a lot harder for someone living in Hawaii to get noticed. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, and I learned that by meeting a lot of the artists that come down, they tell me the same thing. Just go to the mm-hmm. mainland and mm-hmm. bring your yeah. portfolio. Yeah. So I'm s- sadly going to slow down on doing local conventions here but hopefully you'll see my face a lot more in the mainland yeah oh yeah and then i'm gonna say i'm sorry i'm gonna touch um so locally right now for this year 2018 which um conventions are you going to be appearing at locally so KawaiiCon already happened back in mm-hmm. march the next convention i have is amazing comic-con aloha next month mm-hmm. and then finally maui comic-con mm-hmm. in october mm-hmm. so maui comic-con is the smallest of the conventions but mm-hmm. it's free to get in mm-hmm. and alika guys uh the guys who run it and also own the maui comic store mm-hmm. um they really put their whole like heart into it yes, and they really yes. want their guests to enjoy and have mm-hmm. the time of their lives because they don't have to spend anything to get in they can just spend it on whatever they want Mm-hmm. And then um, Casey, as Casey mentioned, Alika, who um, him and his crew run the um, Maui Maui Kauai um, Con. This is Alika Seki, who owns um, Maui's Comics and Collectibles. So if you guys are ever in Maui, please stop by this store. Alika is a super nice guy. He's really cool. So um, let's see. Now you talked about trying to go to conventions on the mainland. Do you have an idea which conventions you're thinking of? I'm slowly making a list of possible ones. Um, one that a lot of my friends um, have told me, like uh, I, I'm friends with like Mark Texera mm-hmm. and a couple other professionals, and they all keep telling me to do San Diego Comic Con, which seems nuts to me because I've never even done a mainland convention. But I also have the thought of go big or go home. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. you have to go to a big one where you're gonna get noticed, or you're gonna at least have the opportunity to get noticed. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I feel like the mentality of doing San Diego Comic Con while is huge and almost unrealistic is also something you sh- I, that I should strive for because it is the place to get noticed. But if not, um, there are other conventions like Emerald City Comic Con, mm-hmm. New York yeah. has theirs, yeah. you know, Amazing even runs the Las Vegas convention. Mm-hmm. So the, there are different possibilities, but I know number one on my list that I would want to do is San Diego. Mm, no, that's, that's really, no, that's really nice. That's really nice that you're thinking big. That's, it, it really is, it really, that's really nice. Um, I'm just gonna ask you, um, how much do you charge for your commissions? 
So commissions uh, range, and especially with size, but I'd say a standard price for me would be about 50 bucks for a grayscale and about 75, 80 for colored. Um, and this is on big paper. If you have like sketch covers, I do those as well. You would really have to inquire with me on exact prices depending on what you want. Mm -hmm. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm gonna ask you, what was one of your best experience or best story on doing a commission? Um. Oh, geez. You know, I've done a lot of commissions in the past, but um, just I think whenever uh, someone I look up to asks me to draw something for them or asks for some sort of artwork for me, um, th those are the best experiences because I, I never think I'm there, but, you know, that just puts me in a position where maybe I am, you know, maybe I'm good enough to be with these other people. Um, it wasn't a commission, but something really cool that happened during KawaiCon was um, I'm a big fan of, I don't know if you've seen... Um, James Gio's artwork before uh, he he does a lot of like rendering and he always shows up to these conventions I believe he's done uh, work for like Street Fighter and things like that too okay. but um, I followed him for years and he came down for a Kawhi Con and had asked for one of my prints um, and he ended up like just like trading with me he wanted my signature it was a Morrigan uh, Ainsland that I drew from Darkstalkers and I, I just think about that sometimes, like, oh my god, he wanted my drawing, mm -hmm. that's super nice, that's super crazy. Um, between him and I had drawn some drawings for him and um, Edwin Huang, Iron Pinky, mm -hmm. who's also an Udon artist, and uh, Iron Pinky actually posted those on his Instagram. Mm -hmm. He posted my art and like tagged me and stuff. So those are some of the best experiences I've had that's like most recent that I can think of, mm -hmm. that where I gave someone something and they appreciated it so much that yeah. they talked about it, they wanted it, yeah. you know? Oh, but that's pretty awesome that he, you know, that he put it on his Instagram. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he's got like thousands of followers. <laughs> I was so nervous when I saw that. I was like, oh my god! I got the tag right before work, like four minutes before, and I was like screaming in the back room. I was like, oh my god! I am thinking posting my stuff, and it was like it was the funniest thing. All right. Um, before I continue, I'm gonna ask you. So, all right. So, as an artist. That's kind of like your superhero identity. What, what's your secret identity doing? Um, your um, what kind of work do you do? Like your secret identity. <laughs> oh, jeez. Um, like, like wait, like, like how? Like, like just you work at, you work at. Oh, um, yeah. So I work. Um, I'm not gonna say exactly which one, but I work at GameStop. Mm -hmm. Um. I, I just work as a sales associate, but I'm also really into video games like Capcom and Sega. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like a place I could bond with other, you know, people into it. Uh, and like everyone's really nice there, so yeah. I, I have no problem doing that. I wish I had more time to play video games, mm, yeah. but um, I can I can appreciate the art behind it, and mm -hmm. I think that's why I like comics like Udon, the way they publish the Mega Man comics mm -hmm. and Street yeah. Fighter and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> So I know you said that you don't play a lot of video games right now, but I'm gonna. I'm just asking: Is there one video game that you at least, when you have time, do you play or anything? Uh, yeah. Right now, uh, it's the Yakuza series. Um, if you've ever seen it, so it's it's a long like multiple games, but the storyline is basically your Yakuza member, ex Yakuza member, who's got you know he goes to jail, but he has to take care of this kid. It's it's really awesome. If you've played it, it's great. If not, you should. There's a lot of mini games in it too, so it keeps you busy, especially with someone like me who has like ADHD I can't ever concentrate so it's a good thing to just go around and explore mm -hmm. that's pretty cool okay now getting back to your commissions you know what what is or what are the most requested character or characters people ask you to draw oh the uh, the most requested is gonna be either Batman the Joker or it would be I've gotten a lot of like anime based commissions too, so My Hero Academia, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, um, and Street Fighter. Um, they want me to draw a lot of the Street Fighter characters, especially like Ryu and Akuma. Okay. Alright. Um, okay. And then I'm gonna switch gears. I know you just started, um, you just published two issues of your new comic book series called Bandit. So if you don't mind, let's talk about Bandit. Like, how did you come up with this idea? Oh, I've, I've been writing Bandit since uh, my freshman year of high school. Wow. I, um, it, it went through very different names, it went through different variations. Um, the characters look completely different before. Um, and then I think finally, you know, I solidified everything and I was like, I keep 
you know, delaying it. I keep posting that I'm working on it, I'm working on it, but nothing's ever showing. I just need to do it. Mm-hmm. So um, I put my foot down, published the first one, and was like, okay, the hard part's out of the way. Now we just need to continue doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I published my second issue beginning of this year in March, mm-hmm. um, and I'm working on issue three that's coming out for Amazing Convention. Oh, okay. Oh, that's pretty cool. And then I'm going to... I'm, I'm just gonna ask. So, like, um, I know you've been working on Bandit since freshman freshman year of high school. But like, where did the idea come from? Did, you know, like, were you just sitting at home and then, or reading something, or? Yeah, no. I'm so another thing about me is I'm really into spaghetti western films, um, okay. so especially like Clint Eastwood films. Um, so I went. I've watched those religiously, and I, I really wanted like uh-huh. some rogue. Um, again, going back to like Jason Todd and the villains. Mm-hmm. I wanted like this rogue, kind of morally ambiguous. You don't really know what's going on um, with with just a strong, steadfast mission. And I always like big casts, so mm-hmm. a lot of you know secondary characters, a lot of like team members, that kind of like y- solid units. So I knew I wanted a lot of characters, and I wanted compelling villains, and I didn't want to just. Uh, go like the expected like route of like oh you know a standard story I wanted it to be very unique mm-hmm. and I, I hope and I think that's what I'm doing now I wanted inclusion as well because I noticed that um, comics don't have a lot of like LGBT characters mm-hmm. and they don't have a lot of like people who maybe they identify as like asexuals and things mm-hmm. like that so I really wanted to focus that this was a cast of misfits this mm-hmm. is a cast of people so comfortable with themselves and want to be themselves that mm-hmm. there's going to be an inclusion of a lot of parts in mm-hmm. there. Yeah, okay. You know, but I think what's really good is that you're doing this organically. It's not something like we're going to change one established superhero, now we're going to change them to something else, which you know a lot of the, the big two companies have been doing. But that's really nice that you're, you're doing it organically. Yeah, and you know, it, it's hard being like that way because I do get a lot of flag for it. Um, a lot of negatives, a lot of positives, but um, there's always going to be that push and pull. I don't think a lot of people are appreciative that I'm doing certain aspects. Um, and they find out more stuff about me. I'm not going to say exactly what, yeah. but um, there are certain parts of me being me that people don't like in the the career field um Mm. and i think that gets a lot of negative feedback but there's also a a lot of positive and i think i just need to look at those okay yeah no but that's good um can you describe to the listeners um um the story of band you know what's the story that you're doing on band what who is band and what's his story the stories that you're doing right now without giving too much spoilers bandit is a a rogue, he's got these special abilities, and he is gathering up a group of um, other misfits, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. the people willing to help him on this mission. Uh, the world has gone bad. It's held in the future. You know, he knows it's bad. Uh, if you can't tell, I'm a big Akira fan, too, so okay. I think that's where a lot of this inspiration is <laughs> coming from. But um, he wants to make everything. He wants to at least start the, the path to making the world better, mm-hmm. and he believes that you know this group of people are are perfect to help him get there mm-hmm. so he really wants to get these people and start the world on a better path he knows he's not going to finish it he knows that it's not going to fix overnight mm-hmm. but he knows that he can be an influencer and he can at least start that i'm just going to ask is this um is this going is this an ongoing series it currently is an ongoing series um I won't say exactly how many issues will be out i do know that there's going to be enough for a couple trades okay. um but this isn't a story that's going to go on forever. It's got a beginning, a middle, and it's got an end. So I don't want to be one of those where it can go on forever, you know? This yeah. storyline has an ending to it, and I think that's kind of the beautiful part about it because most of the storylines nowadays don't have endings. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, yeah. Um, can you describe your process on doing a just an issue of Bandit, like from start to finish with each issue? You know? Yeah, so... Um, I find like, and I've told this to a lot of people who inquire me about um, comics too, is they never know how to start a comic. They know how they want to end it, but they don't really know how to begin it. So I always tell them, you know, start where you're comfortable at. So I'm pretty comfortable with starting from the beginning and working my way to the end, but 
for others, I tell them, you know, start at the end, build your way back up. You know what your storyline is and you know what you want it to be. So just start where you are most comfortable with and mm -hmm. work backwards if you have to. Mm -hmm. So I figure out dialogue first and then I build a whole storyboard on what my comic's supposed to look like. It's not going to be full page by page. It's going to, I'll make it all in one file and just split it so I know which pages are which. Mm -hmm. um, and I just figure out, you know, paneling and where all the uh, dialogue is going to be. And then I'll open up um, a new, new files and mm -hmm. start working from there mm -hmm. with just sketching, lining, mm -hmm. coloring. I do everything myself, so I don't yeah. outsource to anyone else. Um, so I do all my work in Clip Studio. Okay. Um, and just to clarify, um, it's all you're doing all the artwork digitally, correct? Yes, I okay. am. My uh, I had first tried to do everything by hand um, before I had published issue one, but then I had realized that um, it's it's just a lot easier to keep everything together when you're doing everything digitally and I feel like nowadays digital is where everything's going mm -hmm. yeah. so um, from issue one onwards I've done everything digitally it's actually um, before issue one I didn't know really how to use digital mm -hmm. so Bandit kind of one pushed me to learn digital art mm -hmm. and two just pushed me to keep going and now I do everything basically exclusively digital unless they're like commissions mm -hmm. and then just for our listeners um, just I just want to clarify. So, not only do you do your work digitally, but um, Bandit comes out as a hard copy, correct? Yes, it oh. does. So um, I publish it like through. I know a lot of people do the Greco comics, so I do it through them. And also, I'm lucky enough to have a sponsor for the next comic, um, so uh, it'll start to be a little more affordable for me. But they they do have hard covers. I sell them at Dragons Lair Comic Store on Oahu, mm -hmm. and also Maui Comics on Maui. Oh, okay, all right. And then I'm sorry. So I'm. Um, I'm sorry, clar just clarify for me. I'm sorry, so who publishes Bandit? Sorry, I know you... No, no problem. So a lot of uh, independents go to the Greco printing companies. So they're in the mainland uh, base. But you can just order. They're the most affordable to me, and also their uh, their quality is very nice. You can do bulk orders or the minimum 25, uh, both regular covers and sketch covers. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, that's pretty cool. Okay. Um, I know you see, I'm just trying to, and the one thing I just want to clarify, so when you do Bandit, you do your story, you're the writer, artist, inker, colorist. I'm just, are you also your own editor or do you send it on and have someone else kind of look through it? <laughs> I'm my own editor. Okay. Um, I do have like a group of friends and like people who kind of know that I, I kind of show them like, does any of this sound weird? You know, they'll, they'll be with me throughout the entire process. I'm like, read this, tell me what you think. And I'll either get a yes or a no, or mm -hmm. hey, maybe you should rethink this one. And um, usually I'll show them the storyboards first and kind of explain what's going on. And if they think that it flows really well, then they'll tell me. If not, then I go back and fix. Okay, okay. No, that's pretty cool. Okay. Um, let's see. Um, where would you like to see yourself as an artist five years from now? Geez, I hope as a professional. <laughs> um, uh, some of the main companies that I really wanted to work with are DC Comics, um, Udon, and uh, Dark Horse. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to submit my stuff. I'm trying to build a good portfolio to submit some of the companies uh, soon. Mm -hmm. I'd really just like to be a professional in the business. Um, that's like my number one goal. Mm -hmm. uh, just because I know so many guys in the business and they all tell me that I should really just start putting my stuff out there because uh, they believe that I could do it. Mm -hmm. um, they just need me to believe I can do uh -huh. it. So um, hopefully by five years from now, I'll be a professional as a guest at these conventions instead of just buying my own booth. <laughs> That's going to be nice. That's really nice. Okay. I'm just going to, from this point on, I'm going to ask you Libis some fun questions. Okay. So you know a perfect, you know a famous artist. <laughs> how is it? How is it being um, friends with Mark Teixeira? Mark is super cool. He's so funny. I love seeing him whenever he comes down. Um, I text him sometimes, and like he'll text me pictures from his studio, mm -hmm. and he's like, "Look what I'm working on now." Uh -huh. I'm like, "Oh, that's super cool, Mark." Um, <laughs> and whenever he comes down, you know, he always just gives me like the biggest bear hug, and he's super nice. He always gives me drawings too, and I'm like, "Mark, you don't have to do that, really, please." <laughs> and he's like. You know you want it. I'm like, yeah, I do, but like, I feel bad. Um, I've actually gotten like a lot of people mad at me because I'll say hi to him and he'll be like wanting to hang out with me. Yeah. And they're trying to get their stuff signed and stuff, right? But no, he's the coolest guy. It's it's always fun seeing him. I'm hoping to see him again. He loves Hawaii, mm -hmm. so I know he's gonna be back. It's uh -huh. just when. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm just gonna ask. Do you know any other any other famous artists that you kind of keep in touch? I'm just asking. 
Um, so some of the artists I know is um, if you are a reader of Boom Studios, I'm friends with both Ian McGinty and Samantha Glau. Nap. Um, oh. Ian McGinty is the artist, so he's published um, a lot of individual like his own storylines, but he was also the artist for like Adventure Time, TV Universe. He just worked on the Invader Zim uh, animated, mm-hmm. uh, I think, TV show or movie it, that's coming out mm-hmm. soon. Um, he he mainly does that, and Samantha is a writer, so. Uh, she writes for Boom Studios, so they're both fantastic. They came down last year mm-hmm. for Comic-Con Honolulu, yeah. and uh, I met them, and they were, like, the nicest people. They talked to me. Yeah. They hung out. I'm friends with um, some writers, too, like David Gallagher. Um, yeah. I'm friends with... I, I want to say friends. I just met them earlier this year in real life, finally, but they followed me back, and they're super nice, is Iron Pinky, and um, so Edwin Huang and James Gio... Uh, I, I've been fans of theirs for like a long time, so it was really cool to mm-hmm. you know get them to follow me back uh-huh. and kind of just talk to them, um, them actually know who I am, you know. Uh, other than that, like it's whoever comes down. I try to befriend as many people as I can. There's mm-hmm. only so much I can do from here. Oh, yeah. um, I'm friends with some animators. Um, I'm friends with uh, people who know people. So mm-hmm. one of my friends uh, is really. He, he knows uh, Rob Liefeld personally mm-hmm, yeah. so he always talks about that and we joke about it like oh you know mm-hmm. get him to commission you to draw a foot sometime or something <laughs> you know like like things like that but it, I, I'm hoping to, to be able to connect with more with these guests because I do think that um, you know they're, they're really cool people and I, I feel like I could I could vibe with them really well mm-hmm. so hopefully one day I'll be able to call myself Jim Lee's friend <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty cool but you know I, I really think that's really that's cool that you're still networking. That's really nice. That's really nice. Um, going back to the digital commerce, I'm going to ask you. Uh, I'm like I said, I'm just asking. Did you ever get a chance to um, check out um, Brian K. Vaughn's panel syndicate? Because I know his stuff. He was supposed to do everything digitally. Yeah. You know what? I haven't. That's like the. That's something I do need to look into. Mm-hmm. Um, I sadly don't have a lot of time to read comics nowadays. Um, busy doing my own. Mm-hmm. I, I yeah. didn't realize how much time it takes away from you enjoying other people's comics yeah. um, until now. But I, I'd love to read it if you can send me the link later. Oh yeah, no, but, yeah, um, yeah, it's no problem. Yeah, uh, I, I do want to. I try to read comics still, just because I know you know everyone does their stuff differently. So it's it's nice to learn from other people mm-hmm. like yeah. that. Yeah. Okay, so when you have downtime now. Which comics? Which comics are you reading or trying to read? <laughs> oh jeez. Um, so I really liked um the the Superboy and Robin storyline, the Super Sons. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm also a big fan of George Jimenez's work. Um, especially because I believe he does stuff in Clip Studio as well. So I see a lot of the techniques he uses in his as the same ones that I use in mine. So mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to put that together. Um, but that's been like a really good storyline to me. Uh. I'm also really into the independents, so like Paper Girls, mm, I'm yeah. really into like Mega Man, things like that. So I'll read those storylines whenever I get the chance to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I more more often than not nowadays, I'll just go back and reread like The Killing Joke mm-hmm. and like um, comics that I, I think are synonymous with me that I really channel. So that one and Hush, you know, I'll go back and reread these ones and... Um, I, I think, oh, uh, what is that comic uh, Dustin Nguyen does? Uh, Descendants, I believe, oh, is his yeah, comic. Yeah. That one is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, his work is amazing, and I love what he's doing with that one. Um, also a big fan of uh, Transformers, so mm-hmm. I've been keeping up with that one. Mm-hmm. Um, just because a lot of stuff is happening, and I won't say what, but it's like super exciting, and mm-hmm. I can't wait to read the next one. <laughs> so I'm going to do a shameless plug again for the amazing Comic-Con Aloha. Is there, besides Jim Starling and Tara Strong, is there anyone you want to talk to um, when they come down oh. because I know Ron, um, uh, Ron Lim Ryan Otley was announced just you know like a couple weeks ago yeah um, I think mainly all the Udon artists I'm gonna see if I can talk to um, especially Long Vo oh mm-hmm. my gosh I've been like a huge Long Vo fan for, for years so um, if I can like even get a commission from him of like one of my characters mm-hmm. that would be super cool but mm-hmm. him Chamba you know and I know uh, Chris Martinet's coming down, the voice actor of Mario. Oh, you know, so yeah. So me yeah. being like a, uh, a video game person, uh, I'm really excited to meet him, or at mm-hmm. least trying to. But uh, I really, and Clayman, I, yeah. I want mm-hmm. him to draw me a booster gold <laughs> a lot. Uh, but yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of people at this upcoming convention that I need to talk to that mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to. 
That's pretty cool. Um, okay, so again, which conventions are you going to be appearing locally this year? This year is going to be uh, Amazing Comic Con Aloha mm -hmm. and then Maui Comic Con. Okay. And again, where can listeners buy, you know, the, the first two issues, right, that are out of Bandit? Yes, so I actually believe I have to restock issue one. Mm -hmm. It's sold out, but you can find it at uh, Dragon's Lair Comics mm -hmm. here uh, on Oahu, or you can find it on Maui Comic Store. Okay. Um, I'm going to start trying to sell it on my website as well, hopefully um, within the next year. Okay, and then that that's a great segue. So where can listeners follow you on your social platforms? Yeah, so you can follow me tumblr i mainly post on instagram but i also have twitter and facebook at casey horimoto art so k-a-c-i-h-o-r-i-m-o-t-o art and then um i also have my website that you can just google my name and then it should pop up as a wix site all right um casey i'm gonna ask um anything else you want to add before i wrap this up no, just uh, thank you for doing this interview with me. I'm glad I could talk a little bit about myself <laughs> and um, what, I, what inspires me. No, I'm going to say, Casey, thank you very much. I'm just going to let the listeners know, me and Casey, for what, almost a, a year, we're trying to plan to do an interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. It's, it's been crazy. <laughs> but, you know, but um, I'm going to say, Casey, thank you very much for your time. This was fun. I hope, I hope this was fun for you, oh, too. Of course, of course. <laughs> And then I'm going to give a shout out to Lucas, Sir Lucas, Sir Lucas, thank you for letting us use Dragon's Lair. For <laughs> and again, um, again, everybody, again, that was Casey Horimoto. I just want to thank her again, you know, for her time again. Casey, thank you. No problem. Thanks so much for doing the interview, man. And I want to give a big shout out to John. John, thank you very much for, um, you know, letting me contribute to your podcast. And thank you, listeners, for your time. Until next time, aloha. That was my interview with Hawaii's own Casey Horimoto. What I like about Casey is she's pursuing her dream to work in the comic book industry. She has the confidence, determination, and the willingness to grow as an artist to break into the business. It's great that she's taking steps to making her dream into a reality, such as working at the local conventions, starting her own comic book series called Bandit, networking with some people in the business, and planning one day to have a table at San Diego Comic-Con. Her comic book series Bandit is only sold at Dragon's Lairs and Maui's Comics and Collectibles. And as she mentioned in the interview, she's you know hoping to sell um, the comic book series um, through her website. You can follow Casey on these social media platforms on Instagram at Casey Horimoto Art, on Facebook, at Casey Horimoto Art and on Twitter at Horimoto Casey. Now, you know, there are a few people I want to thank, you know, that made this um, interview possible. First off, I want to thank Casey. Casey, thank you very much for your time in doing the interview, and I hope all the best for you. You know, and we also have to do another interview sometime in the future to catch up on, you know, how things are going. My second thank you goes to Drew. Drew, thank you very much for letting me contribute to your podcast. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show, and please listen to future episodes of the Comics for Fun and Profit podcast, where Drew and his brother Kyle do weekly speculations on new releases. And I also want to say thank you to John Mayo for letting me contribute to his podcast, the Comic Book Page podcast. If you get a chance, please check out John's weekly comic spotlight, where he and his co-host James do a spoiler-free review of three comics, one from DC, one from Marvel, and one title from another publisher. And lastly, I want to say mahalo, or thank you, to you, the listeners, for listening to this episode. So again, mahalo. Until next time, aloha.